Welcome to episode 15 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me today, again, my co-host, feel like I can't get rid of you, you don't Matt have to, Mueller. You don't have to sound so disappointed. When well, they don't know what happens behind the scenes. That's just see very the fair. Scenes. And back with us again, our own all-day cowboy, not even midnight, all-day cowboy from the road, Brandon Davis, still riding with us here this week. Hey, guys. That's, uh, what an intro. Right. I mean, I I'll, call I'll, you I'll take day, it over, Matt. It I call you all day cowboy because you are like in the streets worldwide for us. Like it's, it's better. It's better yeah. than I can't shake you like a fungus. Yeah. Like he's Did you just compare me. me to Pitbull? To uh, no, I think I compared you to Midnight Cowboy. But oh. we'll just we'll let Mr. that worldwide. Yeah, Mr. Two Hundred Five, Mr. In the streets with the heat, Brandon Davis. Yeah, uh, right. But uh, yeah, it's good can to I have call you back. It's good to have you back. So today, now with that nice. Thing that shows we're all friends and all good and tight on this show. We're getting together. <laughs> we're going to be talking about from some fun stuff today. We have the Disney Fox deal, which is about to be completed. And by the time you hear in this, uh, good Lord willing, it will have all the dots will have been uh, dotted. All the T's will have been crossed and that deal will be done. Skirp. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. We are also going to talk about the official title for Terminator 6 and what it means for the franchise and are we actually going to get a good installment out of this. So we're going to discuss all of that. Swerve. We're going to get a little deep with the new Toy Story 4 trailer that has dropped and we are going to talk about James Gunn's triumphant return to the MCU. Yeah. All that next on Comic Book Nation. If you want to subscribe and ride with us in general, you can always find new episodes on the site every Wednesday, every Friday. We also have an RSS feed you can subscribe to. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. You can always contact us and continue the discussion at the hashtag Comic Book Nation. And if you leave a good review, we will be reading reviews consistently throughout the show and sending our loyalist fans something nice, a comicbook.com t-shirt, so leave us a great review. We appreciate it. Thanks. So, let's get to it, and let's talk about the Disney Fox deal first. This has been a long time coming since it's been announced. We've all been freaking out about this, and we've written a million and four articles, which <laughs> is about to become two million in the course of the next seven days, probably, because... This deal's about to be done. Like uh, Disney and Fox put out this announcement that it's going to be done as of Wednesday, March, whatever date this is. I've lost track of time, but uh, yeah, it's going to be signed, and this is going to be official. Disney will acquire the assets of 20th Century Fox, which is the, I mean, there's a lot more to this deal, but that's the point that we care about, yeah. right? That 20th Century Fox will now fall under Disney, all its movie properties. For us in the geek culture community, I mean, this is a big deal for on the Star Wars front. This is a big deal on the Marvel Cinematic Universe front with the X-Men properties and Fantastic Four finally coming home. So I'm not going to get too deep into this because we got to make sure like all of this actually goes into place. <laughs> but how are you guys feeling about this? Are you excited? And what are you most excited to see? For me... I'm excited to see Kevin Feige finally be able to kind of start to bubble and get excited about plans he has because you know the man has plans. He's yeah. got plans on plans on plans and probably alternate universe and, you know, in case I'm not here, plans on top of those plans. So I'm excited to hear, like, when, you know, slowly but surely getting teases yeah. of something official with this, you know, this big introduction we know is coming. And I'm just excited for not just Feige but everybody in general at Marvel to begin to at least – speculate or fantasize and discuss and do all that stuff 
Because, I mean, that's going to be the fun part for me is the discussions of the what ifs before we get to the casting arguments and all that yeah. stuff. Uh, mine's easy. I mean, it's X-Men all the way. I, I've been I've been so uh, I've been called a downer on the X-Men movies. Uh, <laughs> slightly negative. Not to be confused with realistic. I've been, I yeah, maybe. Right. So <laughs> I've been called a, a negative Nancy when it comes to the X-Men movies. Uh, I like some of them. I just tend to be a little bit more. Because uh, I'm a big X-Men fan, and I've seen, you see the potential there, and then you look over here, and Marvel's just been like, look at what we did. Look at all this patience. Look at all this long-term planning. And then Fox is like, well, let's shoehorn it all in, and let's redo this one storyline multiple times. I'm just excited to see Marvel's brand of patience and, and seed storytelling be applied to like one of my favorite groups, and I cannot wait. I, that, that's my biggest thing. I mean, the Fantastic Four and some of the other stuff is great, but I'm all about the X-Men. I'm here for uh, Vanellope from Wreck-It Ralph interacting with Predators. <laughs> That's oddly specific, but oddly really fun at the same time. No, I, 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 I'll pay to well, see that. Yeah, I would yeah, pay to see that. Think about all the possibilities with Wreck-It Ralph 3 now. Oh, man. But, uh, no, I'm, uh, I mean, I, Dr. Doom, like, who could, who's going to be the next big bad after Thanos? It could be Dr. Doom now. Silver Surfer could be involved. Uh, I mean, I'm really excited for a good Galactus, Fantastic Four movie, hopefully. Yeah. Galactus. Uh, it's, I'm just like wondering, does Marvel Studios, does Disney squander the opportunity to tease a setup at the end of Endgame? Because it's the biggest stage they're ever going to have. It's tying everything of these 11 years into a nice little bow. So do they take that stage, this huge monumental momentous moment in their MCU history to then introduce Tony Stark to Professor X in a post credit scene? Just like we introduced... Tony Stark to Samuel to to Tony to uh, Nick Fury in the Iron Man post credit scene that launched the larger universe. Do we say, well, guess what? The universe is even larger now. But here's the thing: who who is Xavier in your in your dream scenario? A new actor, that? a brand new actor. Okay, so that's that. Whoever they cast for Xavier in the future, you don't even yeah, have to show him. Here. Do what you did with Thanos the first time around. Just have a bald guy in a wheelchair. We'll all know. We'll all know. Yeah, voiceover. I mean, it is. I mean, that's the thing. Now, I mean, we you kind of hit the nail on the head. We're going to move on past this because we're going to be talking about this a lot next oh, week. Yeah. So basically that's the nail in the head to think about is the timing, right? This is getting done before Endgame. We have time. We know how Marvel can – Marvel will sh roll out actors behind the premiere to shoot something that they're going to throw into the movie like in a couple days because when they want to keep that level of secrecy. But I don't necessarily want that if it's going to be – Shoehorned, or I don't think it'll be shoehorned. It wouldn't be shoehorned. They would have had the planning. It would just depend on if the deal they've, got done. They they've shot post-credit scenes yeah. after a movie premiered. I yeah. know, but this is not just your simple post-credit sequence. But this is setting be. up like years said, of all you stuff. need is a ball guy, a wheelchair, Here's a room, also, and Nick Fury. Let's like, not let's it. not act like Kevin Feige hasn't been thinking about yeah. this. Well, just yes. because every time we talk to him we, and we ask about this, he gives a political, yeah. I'll we'll think about that when I can answer. Come on. Behind like closed said, doors, the dude is thinking about it. He, he has, has plans, plans for this. But as They've fans, known it's coming for a year now. But, but I, as I, fans, okay. we can be unrealistic as to I know. what We is can be, doable. but it's just a question to think about. The timing is, yes. makes it possible now. So will that they? Makes it, there's so much time. Yeah. Like to us, yes, but to people who actually do this for a living, no. Oh, but there's not it. that but much time. For a living, they've known, Dis they've known Disney's going to buy Fox for what, at least a year now? Yes. Yeah. So... I mean, and who knows what the conversations were behind closed doors before that even got out. Kevin Feige knows this is coming. 
He's had and plenty of time fine. to think about it. That's all fine. This Until just, money's involved. I don't understand involved. what you're. Wait. Hold on. Until let's, money's involved, and like I don't that's all what you're fine. arguing for. Do you? Do you not want? Wait. Let me ask you. Do you not want this? Bring no, it. Bring I'm one a, of your I'm Avengers okay. in for a half a day shoot. I to, just got on here and talked scene. about patience. So why the hell would I then go? But I need it now. Tap my vein. No, I take your let's, damn let, time. Let's take. Okay, we're gonna take this out <laughs> to the fans. This is getting heated. We're gonna take it out to the fans. I had to catch myself. And we're gonna take this out to the fans. Comic Book Nation. <laughs> Do you want Avengers Endgame to have an X Men like uh, you know tease or button it's tease? Coming. I mean, I agree. I don't want it to feel rough. I think this is gonna be an article on the site. I think. It's, <laughs> I think everybody needs to address this question. But Matt we're gonna, gonna write on. why Avengers Endgame. This is tearing have us apart. We, we're gonna we're gonna lose a whole show. To this question, let us know what you think. Hashtag Comic Book Nation. The Hulk's gonna Moving have a on. weapon in Endgame if his new toy is any indication. Talking about one universe to I talking about out. the possibilities of another. What was that? <laughs> Breaking news over here. The Hulk is gonna have a new toy in Endgame if his new, if his new action figure that hasn't been revealed yet is any indication. I just got a text that says that. Oh boy. Well, there you go. So that's that's cool. some breaking news. Yeah, yeah. Breaking news. Uh, so. <laughs> Let's talk about, we're going from one universe to another. We're talking about possibilities, and we're talking about the DCEU now because there's been a major shakeup at uh, Warner Brothers. The CEO, Kevin Sujihara, had to step down amidst a major scandal, which we're not going to get too deep in. I'm, I have a whole other file about this scandal and how crazy it is. But, I mean, this was a controversial figure. Why we're bringing this up is Sujihara is kind of a controversial figure, both in kind of the early missteps of the DCEU, which he was kind of cited as being responsible for. I don't know if you remember, but we were all here when that angry fan wrote that open letter to him, basically like slamming him. I think it was around the time of maybe Wonder... It was around before Wonder Woman came out. And it was like this angry supposed Warner Brothers staffer like wrote this open letter and just put it out there online and it blew up. I remember because I was wow, researching yeah, it. I remember that. And yeah, and just slamming him and slamming the executives for screwing up the DCEU and Batman v Superman and all that stuff. And this naysayer said Wonder Woman was already going to track to suck, so we already know that was wrong. But So this guy's been a controversial figure, but now he's gone in. He was kind of responsible for trying to also spearhead this turnaround that was happening. And the basic thing I have for you guys is, like, what happens now? Do you think... There's enough plans already in place for the DCEU because we, it had started to turn around, right? Like Justice League was a complete cluster, but Wonder Woman did it. Aquaman's a billion. Shazam's looking nice. Joker's going to be really interesting. You have Birds of Prey, which is kind of getting a lot of, you know, generating a nice buzz already. And then the Suicide Squad. Is, yeah, and Wonder Woman 1984 highly anticipated the suicide squad became just jumped to the top of the list because of something we're going to talk about later which is James Gunn and Idris Elba stepping in for Will Smith in this crazy storyline and this probably like hard R thing we're going to get and yeah i mean do you think there's enough in place there to just kind of keep rolling through this transition or is this going to be another because Warner Brothers is plagued by this right i mean that's like the story behind the story of Warner Brothers is too much executive infighting like too many switcheroos changes in kind of leadership or creative leadership, and then we have to go back to the drawing board, do things over, or things get muddled, and like it just becomes a mess. I don't, I don't think DC movies will really be affected by this. I don't think we have reason to. I think they finally have their footing. We have Aquaman and Wonder Woman more successful. I love Shazam. I've been very open about that. I think you guys are getting annoyed hearing how much I like the movie, but 
I think that like they they have these movies already. I mean, Wonder Woman eighty four already has to be shot, yeah, at yeah. least entirely. Birds of Prey is deep into production. Uh, Joker is wrapped, um, and I really think they're going to continue with the plans that they have now. And I think somebody like Peter Safran, who worked on both Aquaman and Shazam as a producer, and he's got other movies already lined up. Uh, I could see him. I, I think this might just be a weird prediction. But I could see him kind of stepping into a Feige role within the DC world because they're pushing him out into interviews, which is interesting. They have a producer doing on-camera interviews for Shazam, which I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, but he's also kind of overseeing so much of that expansion of these yeah. these universes within the universe. We're clearly focusing on Atlantis with Aquaman, and the Aquaman sequel is going to go back there, and it probably won't include characters from the grander DC world. The Shazam sequel was or the Shazam movie doesn't include Black Adam because they wanted to make a Shazam movie. Then they want to make a Black Adam movie. And eventually, probably not in the second one, maybe in the third one, they want to have Shazam and Black Adam fight each other. And it seems like Saffron is behind those little pocket universes, and maybe eventually he's going to be the one to connect them all. And I think the DC movies have their 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 trajectory and their slate laid out, and I don't think it's going to be affected by this. I mean, the Warner Brothers as a company, sure, is obviously going to have some effects, but I don't think we'll feel it in terms of the products that we consume. And I'll, t- I mean, I'll say that hits a nail on the head for me. Like, I think it should move out of more the executive level and into something like a Feige, mm-hmm. who, might, yeah. who just kind of manages that, po- like you said, pocket universe. I think that's something that's been missing there. There's just too much of a wide expanse between executives and directors and creators, and it just yeah. keeps... You know, monkey with symbols. Yeah, I'm. I'm just trying not to say all everything that flashed through my head was an expletive, but like, I was just trying to say, (laughs) yeah, they just keep bunning heads and breaking. So, I hope it does what you say it does. Um, Unless you got anything great to offer, we can move. No, I think that's that pretty much. All right, BD sums it up. And if there's somebody who knows about, you know, WB and what you know, this guy, he's hosting Aquaman premieres and whatnot. Like, (laughs) I mean, that's his full name. Yeah. I could see you moving up into into the lead creative role. Is that is that what happens next? Oh man! <laughs> Forget your buddies here. Podcast. That's that, too uh, much pressure. <laughs> That's way too much pressure for me. <laughs> All right, moving right along. Let's talk about Terminator. We haven't really talked about Terminator that much or those kinds of old franchises, but they're still trying to kick. We got a new RoboCop coming, but Terminator's trying to make another soft reboot. And this is funny because I just saw Genesis again for the first time in a long time, and my god. Why did you do that to yourself? Because I had to also, I also watched uh, <laughs> Salvation, which is okay. a great pilot episode of a TV, but not so much as a you know, big budget yeah. movie. Mm. But uh, yeah, Genesis. So this is another soft reboot. And today we learned that the title is going to be, it's been confirmed to be Terminator Dark Fate. Uh, this is being made by Deadpool's Tim Miller, and James Cameron came on as a producer and is helping kind of guide this one directly. Arnold Schwarzenegger's back. Linda Hamilton's back. We have a bunch of uh, new people who are joining the franchise, like uh, Gabriel Luna, Marvel's new Ghost Rider, who's going to be playing the new Terminator, which I is like kind of cool. Guy. And Mackenzie Davis, uh, or I think, her, yeah, I think her name is Mackenzie Davis uh, from what was that thing? Uh, what was that? The film with the show? title? <laughs> yeah, no, it was from the <laughs> show about the computers. Uh, halt and Catch Fire. Uh, yeah, like, show. yeah, she's going to be Did you really say the of... show about the computer? <laughs> yeah, it was about inventing computers. <laughs> that narrows it down. <laughs> oh, there are only, like, two shows about inventing, like, modern computers. Yeah. Halt and Catch Fire is one of them. Um, but anyway, so this Whatever. is looking like it could be a more legit kind of soft reboot. And I'm kind of intrigued by the title because, obviously, the 
words, no fate, are, are a big deal in the Terminator franchise. In Terminator 1 and 2, no fate was kind of the uh, thematic, it was both a theme and it was a saying that like the resistance or Kyle Reese and John Connor and Sarah Connor used for, to kind of motivate them to go back and do these harrowing things to change the timeline. And whole theory, and especially in T2, got into it about, you know, no fate but what we make was the whole idea. Mm. So that's why Sarah Connor goes kind of crazy and is trying to, like, kill Miles Dyson and why they battle and to destroy the Terminator and stop Judgment Day because, you know, there's this idea that fate is whatever you make. This sounds way, I mean, literally and figuratively darker. It's just, like, Terminator, dark fate. It's just kind of... I was like, well, well what could that mean? I mean, this, this one brings... It's kind of a real-time sequel. Arnold so I was going to ask what like it... A, like, so is this... So, like, Genesis didn't happen... Like, yeah, that, no, no, there's okay. no Genesis. Okay. There's T1, there's T2, there's this. Okay, gotcha. They're doing the Halloween thing. Like, they're doing that whole thing. So or, Linda Hamilton's yeah. back as, as a real-time age Sarah Connor. Okay. Like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger is this age Terminator. We don't know anything else. But this sounds kind of ominous aged because it's, Terminator. again, further aged <laughs> than, uh, well, I don't know what he is. We actually don't know for yeah. sure that he is a Terminator in this one. We don't know that for sure. I'm just kind of saying that. I mean, I'm Maybe on board because Miller's in it. Like, yeah. right? Miller's yeah. involved. You have my attention. I don't really, I've never been a huge Terminator person. Like, I like them. Killer robots, not it's your fine. thing. It's fine. Their movies are fine. But, like, I don't love them. Like, I don't have that extra appreciation for But I still like them. Yeah. But, yeah, it, this has my attention for that. And, you know, that title suggests... Uh, well, the thing is, I, I just been bugging me out because it suggests like this is a much more, and I can see James Cameron doing something like this, like a much more cynical take, which is like, nah, there is no fame what, what we make anymore. <laughs> like, we are screwed. <laughs> like, we are yeah, screwed. Uh, like, no matter how many times you try to prevent this, like, we are, we've assured our own destruction. With I just machines. hope they do something innovative with it. Just make it a different movie than the previous films. But also, like, just James Cameron, man. If anybody knows how to make innovative films, it's James Cameron. Yeah, but he knows how to make it innovative and spectacle while keeping it, as I think we all learn from every story he's ever told, very traditional and grounded in storytelling. Alita. Like, like, um, I mean, yeah, Alita, but I'm talking about, like, Avatar. Yeah, that's what I'm picturing, is Avatar, Titanic. He's also busy on Avatar. Yeah, I know. And only... No, but if he's... He has never lent his name to anything past Terminator 2 in this franchise, so it is significant that he did for this one. Okay. I hope it's good. I I agree with Matt on everything. I don't really care that much, but with Tim Miller, it's cool. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I see how this is going to play with the masses. Well, as a real Terminator (laughs) ahead, I'm just going to keep it moving now. If you guys want to talk Dark Fate at Kofi Outlaw, we can talk. I don't know what's going on with these guys. All right, stay tuned, because when we come back, we're going to deep dive into the new Toy Story 4 trailer, and we're going to talk about James Gunn getting his walk of triumph back into the MCU. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, so Toy Story 4. This is a movie. There are toys speaking, in it. Speaking of, uh, yeah, being I mean, down you on know, I've been really clear from the beginning that this <laughs> is not my thing. I, I was, I mean, I'm not a Pixar hater. I love Pixar, but I have never really connected to Toy Story. Yeah, 
Like, it's just never been my thing. I'm going to let Matt speak here on this one, but I just wanted to say I didn't care really at all. I think we talked about this on the, on one of our earliest podcasts, but then the new trailer, I really, got really, really. Okay, upset. but see, I want to hear that because I'm more, because like, I mean, from our last discussion, right, people know that like I, like I, I appreciate them and I have a enjoyment of these movies, but I'm more curious because last time we talked, you were not. Yeah. On board, like you didn't care less. So, what turned it around in this trailer? I just thought it, like, I mean, it's a, you're, you're, it, it has everything you expect in a Pixar, like Disney, that the heart, the gut punch, and it seems like it's going to have all of that. But, like, it just seemed refreshing. Like, the fork concept, I was watching it and I was sitting there thinking, who in the hell thought up <laughs> a fork gets a mouth and eyes and all of a sudden it's a toy? And then that's how, and who pay? where do you find these people? And what's in the water? <laughs> What are they? What are they? Wow. But uh, yeah. I just thought it was really interesting and seeing Woody seeming kind of lost and just like he's on a mission, but he doesn't know what to do. And he's got to discover it's a mission of self discovery for him in a lot of ways. And it just seems like finally a really fresh Toy Story movie. And I thought it looked like a lot of fun, but also a very emotional film. I thought it looked good. I loved the trailer. Yeah. I can't, I mean, I came away with the same thing. Like, uh, Forky, I believe is his name. Yeah, uh, who is literally a spork that uh, the young girl puts and googly eyes, puts googly yeah. eyes on, and he's now a toy, and he cannot seem to comprehend his new place in the world because he's. Uh, there's a line here I love where he talks about like I'm made for soup and like light, and he goes on this whole thing, and he's like I'm not made for this. I can't cope, and he leaves. Right, and that's such a like heavy concept mm -hmm. put into this very digestible so is this a, is this thing. now a toy story sausage party crossover then oh god if we're talking about this thing is made <laughs> oh, for eating man. food and that wow. objects coming to life please god you no, are gonna I hated get us letters so from much. all the disney fans no. like, i hated that movie compare. so much exactly here it goes here we go <laughs> you didn't like sausage party that was terrible god i will never get it was that the toy story back. of food movies if Toy Story were completely <laughs> so, stupid, I, I, yes. <laughs> I, I feel like you just sold Sausage Party to, like, four-year-olds, and, like, they're going to be horribly scarred. No, don't let your kids watch Sausage yeah, Party. Yeah, you didn't you didn't add that part. You were like, it's the Toy Story of food movies. For like, adults. You're leaving out a little bit a little bit. Dude, I've met five-year-olds who watch The Walking Dead. Nothing's off limits anymore. That's not a good thing. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's not a. Yeah. That's not something we should praise. And the, last, the times, <laughs> and the last episode showed us what happens to those kids, right? Oh, the Walking Dead. Wow. You know what? That, Sorry, that, I derailed that, us. <laughs> Toy Story. <laughs> so Toy yeah. Story. Anyway, uh, I do. This is not like Sausage Party, kids. And you can I'm go still, see this I mean, movie. I mean, conceptually, but there's a lot of heart. Also, I was very one of one of the things I think will surprise in this is that Bo Peep has been missing <coughs> um, since like you know the last movie, right? So there's this chunk of time where now we're getting to see like what she's been up to and the fact that she's coping with life way better than Woody is. And like, that seems to be the tether. Most of the Toy Story movies have been the tether between Woody and Buzz or Woody and the child, right? And in here, whether it be Andy or Bonnie. And in here, it's really between them and like seeing this world. He's kind of been living in this closed off existence kind of, she opens his eyes to all these things. So there's just a lot of really cool concepts. Uh, and there's going to be a ton of heart. There's going to be those moments, like in every Toy Story movie, where you will just be a puddle and a mess. You, you can already see those things. Key and Peele's characters look hilarious. I mean, they're only shown a snippet here, but you see other 
spots with them. Yeah. It looks really fun. Like, it looks really good. So I can see, though, if you're not a Toy Story fan or if you've never really enjoyed these movies, I don't think this is going to win you over. Like, I don't, I don't think this is going to be the movie to do that. I but, consider myself a casual Toy Story fan. Okay, yes. I don't have a Toy Story t-shirt, to put it in perspective. But I thought the trailer was great. Those I could see, I could see winning over fans like you. Yeah, you just doesn't. Uh, appreciate it. I don't uh, think it will. I mean, I hate to be that guy. Do you? Yeah, I don't think. You do don't. you? I don't enjoy it. I, I accept. I accept my role in this universe, but I don't enjoy it. I mean, it doesn't bring me any great joy. I I like other things. But like what? <laughs> like what? Like, hate, like hating? sitting out in the sun oh, with my God. family, just yeah. enjoying nature, things like that. Wow. You know, nice things, but. Wow, this is what I mean. Unless I still don't care. I mean, I see it. I still don't care. I think these movies are getting detached. I think it's weird that they're just becoming kind of these insular stories about these toys who just hang out with each other. So is Toy Story the Fast and Furious franchise of Pixar movies? No, you just went on about Terminator. No, I I know. (laughs) You think you think we'll eventually get that? Brings up a good point. Until Toy Story Five is showing me these toys in a life or death battle. With like smart toys that are trying to like devour them in their place in the house, there's nothing real about what Toy Story the, Five. Dark what would fate. be the best yep. uh, Toy Story crossover <laughs> with any other franchise? Oh, franchise! Yeah, uh, other characters interacting with real sex. Toys. I don't know like, what hey, real sex. Why are toys? you the way you are? <laughs> <laughs> to quote Michael Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even touch that. Uh, I can't even. I touch mean, that. if you want to expand the Toy Story universe, no, do all just, toys come to life? You know stop. what I mean? Expand <laughs> a few things. No, just stop. Yeah, some out. I'm done. All right. Uh, just got so I, we up? just got James Gunn. All gone. three of us. Yeah. No, I Welcome. was not a party today. <laughs> Welcome to the dark fate we spoke of. Here we go. Wow. So you asked me, hey man, if you ask me a hypothetical, I got answers for you. I don't know. I don't know. Did, did I enjoy that? Yes. Yes, I did. So, moving right along past Toy Story and all related franchises and spinoffs, let's talk about something we can all agree on. Let's applaud James Gunn for his triumphant return to the MCU. And I'm going to applaud that man because James Gunn got fired for the MCU for some old tweets where he said some, you know, not so agreeable things, I would say, or try to defend, but they were just old tweets and a lot of them were jokes. And it brought us to this interest, like kind of interesting cultural inflection point about like how should old tweets and things you said, like even in jest, affect your job or not. And and a lot of people, I mean, safe to say, a lot of people were not on board with this decision by Disney to can him from Guardians from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy three. They didn't like it. They weren't all about it. And there's been petitions. His co-stars, I mean, Dave Bautista, I think, has torn up several residences just trying to get. <laughs> James Gunn back into his job. I mean, yeah, it's been a big deal. And then we didn't hear anything for a little bit. You know, we all thought, like, maybe Guardians was done. They were going to hear, they were going to use a script. And then it was even more stupid because it was like, why are you using everything about James Gunn except James Gunn physically there? And then we heard this move that DC was stealing Marvel's toys and getting James Gunn to make the Suicide uh, Suicide Squad sequel, which is called The Suicide Squad. And, you know, everybody was just like, things that make you go, hmm. And, yeah, we were all just kind of uh, really interested in that one. We were like, wow, you know, didn't see that coming. Sounds really interesting. And now we find out that, like, yeah, he's coming back. He's doing Guardians 3. He's still doing Suicide Squad and just going to take his time, get that done, then make Guardians 3. 
And the more interesting part for me that I reported was that, like, yeah, he was never fully out the door, ever, according to, I mean, there's conflicting levels to these reports from, you know, various sources, but it's clear that, you know, as soon as they announced his firing, there was a short period of time before they met him on the side, worked something out, and we're going to kind of keep him around and bring him back. And so this was all just kind of like a non-issue in... I'm sure Disney, as companies always want to do, want to pat themselves on the back and say, yes, we made the power move. We did the right thing. Like, blah, blah, blah. Nah. Like, I wanted to just throw DJ Khaled gifts all over the place. <laughs> you know, you played yourself, right? Like, don't be maybe so quick to make those announcements. Maybe have some more internal meetings. Yeah. Because hey, man, I'm not did... mad. This was the biggest news to come out of Comic-Con last year, and it wasn't even at Comic-Con. No, so that was crazy, At least we had right? people on our website. Yeah, I was here for that. That was nuts. Like it was, it was nuts. But Disney like, comes out of this looking, but yeah, terrible. I mean, you, but they're never going to say that. They're just going to power through. Like we made another great executive decision. And it's like, nah, man, you played yourself like that. I don't know. The Disney looks terrible. They don't look terrible. I mean, they yeah, count they as How Jim points not? as Jim points out all the time. They're just going to wipe their eyes, you know, their tears away with their piles of money. But like, I get that, but they look terrible. Yeah, they how, made a how? quick, a rash decision. And then yeah, that's they the didn't even right have now. the spine to stick by it. Then they do it all behind the scenes, and now they come out and uh, say, "Well, we double." Like they're trying to have the cake and eat it too. No, you grow a spine. I mean, like I think either stick with one or don't. Make I mean, we every, can't. I mean, we can't do anything right to now. a mega corporation. Yeah, I mean, like I just punch them in the knee or something. But like, fine. you deserve a DJ Khaled gift. Yeah, like, but I'm you sorry. No, that's they come what out everything does right now. I mean, that's that doesn't make it right. I'm glad. I'm just happy they rehired him because it's setting a precedent that yeah, while we have this zero tolerance stuff for in terms of jokes and harassment and all these things that old things that aren't that are words versus actions which people have shown growth from aren't going to be deciding hardworking and talented people's careers like Kevin Hart getting fired from the that. Oscars well Warner Brothers I think gets the credit for setting the president more than Disney does because Warner Brothers is like we'll take you back I think AMC did it before them in terms mm -hmm. of Chris Hardwick getting suspended doing an investigation and bringing him back on and I think that's the first time we saw one of these things get undone that's true yes, uh, and then it's a, that's a different thing where if yeah. what he did was true you wouldn't rehire him if if his accusations of sexual harassment and things turn out that there's no place for that. You can never have somebody who's done that. I think work in your, in your in your company. You can't employ that person. But if he just used words a decade ago and has shown that he doesn't think those things are funny, and he kind of at a time when those jokes were widely accepted, then it's different. Yeah. that's what happened to James Gunn. He used words, not actions. He never had any indication of acting as a pedophile. He made a joke about pedophilia, which yes, I know. I have to say, I condemn the jokes. If I don't say that. Maybe I get James Gunn next. But then Disney goes and rehires him, which is a good look because it shows that... They shouldn't have not... fired him in the first place. That's the point. Yeah. Why but did they make such a rash decision? Do your job. You're a giant company. You have people because to Because all of these companies this. are catering to the... To the percent, so be the different. Small per... <laughs> How is that? So, we get, so we give the credit to Warner Brothers on doing it. I just don't think you can say they look terrible for doing it. I think they I were mean, doing what they had no choice but to do because... No, I if they had a choice. How do you have a choice? I, I, They're I'm Disney. It's they, a family I'm company. I'm not you saying can't... they look terrible doing it. I do. I'm saying <laughs> DJ Khaled Giff, you played yourself. And like, don't try to sell the, me. That this the was difference in what they did at AMC. Was, what I, here, let me just be clear. What I don't like is companies... In this BS thing they do that every decision they make is a power move. 
with a bunch of dudes slapped back in and being like, that's a good decision, sir. You did it. Yes, you did it impeccably. And it's like, no, you screwed up and did not know what you were doing. You showed weakness, indecision, back and forth, which is the one thing you're not supposed to do in big business is like be confident. So I'm just putting it on the record. Like you just, I don't want to hear anybody try to spin this into Disney makes another successful Disney decision. You played yourself. Oh, no, I don't we think this all was a success. I think the difference here in what AMC did and what Disney did is AMC didn't fire Chris Hardwick. No, they, they did suspended it. him and exactly. investigated yes. him. Yes, and that was just like weeks before this happened. That happened just before Comic Con last summer. Yeah, yeah. And then Disney comes, fires James Gunn. I mean, the day those tweets got started circulating again, and I was sitting thinking, man, why didn't they just suspend him? And uh, they're never going to go back on that. So yeah, they. They played themselves because they ended up rehiring him. But I'm glad they did in the end because oh, that's a precedent. Me too. I'm this, glad. Yeah. Yeah, this well. had to happen at some point because Kevin Hart, Chris Hardwick, James Gunn, all these different Z's on Zari, all these different things. And and then but you have the cases where these things turn out to be true and they have to they happen to Roseanne and Harvey Weinstein. Like there's no room for the there's different things that are happening. And if they're happening now, especially, they're unacceptable. They happened in the past. Words versus actions is a conversation you have to have. No, I mean, you don't have to tell me. Like, I'm a 90s kid, and I don't know how you kids do it today. I thank God none of my stuff was digitized from the, like, when I was a <laughs> oh, teenager sure. going into my early 20s. I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't say what Those are the only text messages I, I say to my friends, look at old and even tweets. those I scrub from my phone immediately after. Thank God all that stuff we did was never, like, digitized. <laughs> right. Yeah. Scrub that message right from my phone, like, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it is I such a bar wild school sports. west. I see the stupid things these college kids put on social media now. Yeah, it's a wild that west out back. here still. We're, like, still trying to figure out, like, what to do about all this social media stuff. I'm, I, for one, am happy about the precedent that's been set by James Gunn. Because James Gunn has come out of this looking like roses. He stepped back from Twitter for a while. I mean, ooh, that's a nice little vacation. He is now getting more money than he would have been getting yep. from both franchises. And I just think... And we get both movies. Yeah. Yep. And I think that's a pimp move for him and a good look for fans because we're going to get a good Suicide Squad movie out of this, I think. And we're going to get the Guardians we know and love. So I'm happy for him. And I'm, I'm just, just not looking like, forward to that press tour. You know he's going to get asked about this. Yeah, that's the only thing he's going to get asked about. But I mean, he's it, enough of a dual, if a dual, like a power player now, he can maybe just drop out of the press tour and be like, No. I'll do select in my, in my room for my select friend. But that's the thing is, I, w- I want to hear from James Gunn. Yeah. I want to hear what he has to say about the movies he makes. And if he drops out, that sucks. Because you know outlets are going to ask about well, this. You, I would, that's not something we, I would go, yeah, if I have five whoa. minutes with James Gunn, I'm not wasting one second You're of that assuming we would be left this. out. I mean, we could still go to the private, for the private suite for a conversation. We're comicbook.com. I don't, I don't know. They know we're not going to talk yeah. about that. But we're not, yeah. Sure, I'm not worried about us. But he, if I mean, he pulls that all together, uh, that would suck. Uh, I don't mean you, uh, those other people. Uh, we should whatever. be the only ones to interview James Gunn. Yeah. Hey, that's what James we're Gunn, private, private suite. We'll just have a good conversation about the fun stuff. About I mean, the come on, Comic Book Nation. Story crossover. This is a safe space. Anybody who wants to come on Comic Book Nation, it's a safe space here. You guys can come and hang out, and we'll have a great conversation. All right. Well, I hope we have James Gunn in our studio very soon. I mean, <laughs> Skype. We'll take Skype, man. Like we're, we're futuristic. We can. We got technology. <laughs> That's true. You don't have to come down here to our unknown location in Nashville, which we'll slowly kind of start revealing because it is a fun little thing about our location and all the absurdity that goes along with. Where it. are we? Yeah. I mean, we <laughs> figured out. I mean, it is a pretty absurd location, but that's more origin story stuff. All right, so that will take us out of our discussion today. We are, as always, again, posting new episodes every Wednesday, every Friday. 
You can also subscribe on our RSS feed, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. If you want to continue any of the conversation from today or any episode, you can always hit us up on Twitter at the hashtag ComicBookNation, or you can kind of talk to us individually. You can reach me at Kofi Outlaw. You can reach me at Matt Mueller CB. You hit me up at Brandon Davis BD. And uh, since we have some time, yeah, I mean, I wasn't, I didn't think we were going to have time today. I thought we had like an overpacked show, but apparently we all don't like Terminator and or Toy Story together. (laughs) So now we have more time. That's what I thought that, uh, I know. So I thought like maybe we should go through and like pull up a review and maybe uh, read it. If I can pull this up, if the internet does what it's supposed to do and all that good stuff, we'll pull up a, a little review and read something. Me and Brandon like Toy Story. Oh my god. Good trailer. That's that a good trailer. Hard the sound find. trailer. Not as good as the Avengers Endgame trailer. No, we're just gonna probably cut this piece. No, wait, here we go. I think I got it. Like, do I wanna wade into that territory? Right now? <laughs> all right. <laughs> Here's one, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna read this one because of the name Lebu, like a shout out to Gambit. Except this isn't Remy. This is his brother Greg. Greg Lebu gave us a five star review and said, "This is my favorite nerd podcast and top ten favorite podcast ever." This podcast is exactly what I needed. You guys make it easy to digest and fun to listen to and funny. Thanks for everything. Aww. Was this review helpful? Yes, yes, it was. <laughs> Yeah. The other one by JM Stats says, Pioneering Fandom. It's what I've been waiting for, a well-produced fandom podcast that touches on all mediums and outlets, breaking down the biggest topics in all things geek. This is a new go-to for an insider glimpse and, an- and analysis of the subjects that I love. Was this review helpful? Yes. That review gets That's a little parka. Yeah, That's like a that good thing. review. Yeah. Like pioneering that. Fandom. I like the word pioneering I thrown in. I think that should in. be our slogan. Yeah. Pioneering, Pioneering fandom. Fandom. Yeah, Pioneering, Pioneering fandom. Pioneering fandom. Yeah. JM Stats, you, I mean, you might have started something. We got to make sure to get your t shirt out. No if royalties. If you hear no your royalties. review read, please hit <laughs> us Jim up Viscardi on no Twitter. <laughs> yeah, no royalties. <laughs> Producer Jim Viscardi. Yeah, time for one more. Yeah. We got time for one more? Oh, okay. All right. Okay, here about, here's this one. Great catch all by Danner Bo Banner. <laughs> 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 Love that the team talks about everything need culture. I find myself even listening to the segments that aren't normally in my wheelhouse. Yes, great chemistry between the team. Keep it up. Was this review helpful? Very much so, yeah. I mean, that's a good review. I like that one, and I'm glad you made me read that because getting you guys to listen to things you don't normally listen to and get out of the bubble and maybe discover something, you know, that's a big dream of mine. I don't know why. I don't know why. I, oh, I never get to hear this like aspirational. I know. Thing. I can't. Nice. What makes Kofi happy besides Toy Story? Yeah, and Hating sunshine in the lawn or whatever the hell yeah. that was. <laughs> Sitting with my family in the lawn in the sunshine. Mike, likes- that was yeah. He, that no, no, nothing gets Kofi going quite like the the itch of fresh fertilizer. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, that's gonna do it for us. We may or may not be back with Brandon Davis again next episode. This is Comic Book Nation. Thank you guys for uh, listening and all the kind reviews. We'll catch you next time. Deuce.